Like <laughs> that. Did you hear the music? It's well done. You had a little drum roll right before it went live, and you hit it right on the spot. Nice, nicely done. I am energized. I am uh, just super happy about the weekend. Super happy. It's a Monday morning. We're getting this thing started again. So uh, welcome to Monday. I think people are surprised that we like have a morning or, or a day like we had yesterday and then still show up to do a show at eight o'clock yeah. on Monday morning. I think most people are like, oh, you had a Sunday on a boat. Like you did all that. Like you know, you're taking Monday morning off. Right. And I'm like, no, what do you mean? Like we have the show to do tomorrow. Like we're rolling. Like that's the expectation. Let's go, baby, baby, baby. Yeah, it was uh, certainly was. Um, just a delightful day. The Florida weather is so bizarre. Just off the shore, it was raining and thundering and craziness. Yeah, like lightning. It's like a hardcore thunderstorms right yeah. on the shore, but the water was beautiful. Beautiful, 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 uh, beautiful weather. So we had uh, sun. We had fun. Um, we literally had suns on on the boat. There you yeah. Go. Um, so uh, I actually used this in a post um, that talked about, and this is a question I get like a lot, you know, people would go, um, what's the difference between a business relationship and a um, business relationship and a friendship, you know? And I would say nothing, you know? They would, you know so, you know, for, for us getting out on the water with Howard, thank you for the invite, uh, Howard and Sammy. It was great to spend quality time with you. We were out there a long time. I, the same thing, the same idea, the same question is like when I get an invite from somebody who says, hey, I'm looking to add you to my professional network. What the hell is the difference between your professional network and your personal network? Isn't it all the same? The people you know are the people you know, or at least it should be that way. So uh, Eddie Dykes is back in the huddle. We missed you, brother. Can't wait to hear about uh, the wedding that you were at. So uh, lots of life occasions happening to you and your family, but we talked about you yesterday about, you know, this whole working with your kids thing is, um, you know, such a treat, such a, a pleasure. So Sammy's working with his dad, Howard, obviously, you know, my boys and then uh, you and your kids. So su super, super cool. There's something else I want to mention before we get going this morning. Um, Bobby Bowden, the legend, legendary coach passed away and, um, while we knew that that was coming, it's never easy to take, but that one incident put Mark, Mark Noodleberg on television all day yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, a you know, a, a sad day, but, a, you know, it was great to celebrate his life. You know, from what I heard, he passed peacefully at, at his house in Killarne with his family surrounded around him. I even know that Terry Bowden, who's the head coach at Louisiana Monroe, Terry left camp. They had already started camp. Terry left and went to be at the house with his dad. So, you know, he was surrounded by his family. It was a celebration of life. But then yesterday, so many people who I haven't talked to in a long time or hadn't heard from reached out because either they saw me on TV while he was, you know, being talked about or they were talking about some, you know, some memories and getting to relive his final game. Um, you know, we, we had the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville against West Virginia and getting ready, get, reliving all of those memories made it feel like it was yesterday and just great memories to share again. Unbelievable. 
um, yeah, my phone was blowing up. Is that, is that a young new <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It just it reminded me of the drinking game we used to play where yeah. would uh, see you on TV. You had to do a shot. That's right, and the noodle game. Do a lot of second halves. <laughs> just good stuff. Shay, let's wake this place up. So I uh, put together a fantastic show, if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> sure, is, go ahead. Let everybody know. I have one question for you before we get started. This is a sort of a random question. But yesterday or Saturday, you know, the Hall of Fame class, you know, went in. Peyton Manning was one of them. And it got me thinking, is Peyton, is Eli a Hall of Famer? Um, I, I have to say yes. I mean, he's a Super Bowl winner. Statistically, I think he fits into that mold. The guy was successful. So while he's not on Peyton's level, I don't think you can take away from what Eli did in his career and say that he's Hall of Fame worthy. I think it'll be interesting. Um, so <clears throat> that leads me into this morning's motivational video. I'm going to start doing this on a regular basis. It's all about behavior. You know, so here we got. I love two. that we got both answers there. Yeah, and shout out to Matt Williams, Matt here this morning. And if you guys do not know, FroPro has some uh, new flavors: the chocolate chip flavor, which is unbelievable. Nice. Yeah. Available yeah. at your local Whole Foods, or you can go online and order it directly online. I like building my own box right online. Like that's my go-to move, so I don't have to worry about going to the store to get it. Right. This segment is sponsored by Fro. Yeah. yeah, Matt, you owe us money for that. <laughs> Send me a box. So, um, so we're talking about behavior, we're talking about what makes people great. Um, on Saturday, Alex Rodriguez was invited to, to visit the Alabama football team. And here's what he had to say. Star. And stars look like Jerry Rice. They look like Ray Lewis. They look like Derek Jeter. Maniacal about the process. Which team do you want to be this year? Most people are thinking that you're not as hungry. Most people are going to expect you to come out flat. Outside of Alabama, everybody hopes you come out flat. You know, coach likes to say not everybody can be a Yankee. Not everybody can play here. Time, feeling, and focus. You got to put in the time, you got to give it and you got to focus. Time, feeling, focus. The more responsible you are, the more power you have. Thank you very much. So, um, comments. So first, we had this conversation yesterday, right? Like, well, if you go to any you know, power five school, any major division one school, it's all the same, right? Going to Florida is the same as going to Alabama. Absolutely not, right? Not, not everybody's getting A-Rod to come speak to the team. 
So when you talk about resources deployed and what's available to you to develop you, that's an opportunity that not everybody else gets if you go to Michigan, if you go to some of these other schools. So that's why Alabama, Clemson, some of them stand so far apart. Second one is his three you know, major points of time, feeling, and focus. And the way he broke it down very simply to you have to devote the time to do it. You have to give a shit about it. And you've got to be focused in it. I had a conversation you know, last week about separating time, attention, and focus into three separate assets. So I, I love it, and I think it's so spot on to be maniacal about the process. And what, what I took away from it was it's just not going through the motions and doing the work. You right. Know, oh, I did it. I, you know, oh, I did it. You know, no. <laughs> Every single time, you know, and we were talking about it yesterday on the boat that – you know, the energy that I bring to one thing is what I bring to everything. You know, I don't discriminate. I'm at, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And so people are always talking to me about that. So I thought that was a cool thing. I got some topics today that I want to unpack. So BlackRock, Wells Fargo, Amazon, just three of the names of the companies who have recently pushed back the opening of the office. They said, hey, lots of stuff going on. Um, we're just going to push it back to later in the year. Some have just said January. Some have said, hey, it's indefinite. LinkedIn said, you're home. You do, you right. do your thing. So, you know, I wanted to um, kind of unpack that a little bit about the decision, have a conversation about who's going back to the office, who's in the office, all of that kind of stuff, because you got companies like J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs, who are just basically got blinders on and they're saying you got to be back in the office. And so this is a big debate um, that I want your opinion on. I well, so I think the the if you want to be successful in the upcoming environment, I think it goes it goes back to how have you developed your people at every level of the organization. I would bet that the J.P. Morgans don't aren't so focused on developing their people and feel the need to have everybody in the office because they're so concerned about what will happen after. And they haven't developed to a culture where they're able to track results and not time, right? You need to be here for a certain amount of time. I don't really know what I need you to do. I just know I need to have you here because we're paying you and you have to be here. You know, so that's great because I thought, you know, as a guy that was out on the road, basically preaching to companies about the effectiveness of virtual, how much more efficient it is, you know, adoption was really low. And I took it from the sales perspective of sales leadership just didn't trust the people that they hired. There was such a lack of trust. Like, you need to be here Friday afternoon. You need to be here Monday morning. Like, bullshit. If you're going to manage the result, hey, you know sure. what? Go do, bring me this. If you're having trouble doing it and you ask me, I'll help you. But the reality is you can't babysit people and expect it to be uh, an efficient culture. So, well, I know people are struggling with this. Well, and schools, you know, schools moved to this model year when I was in school. So Jake graduated with basically a completely virtual degree. Never had to go to class. Did all of his school through online and virtual learning sessions. When I was in school, online classes were only particular classes that you could take. Yet I figured out that because we had this thing called Blackboard, 
and they were posting every lecture, every you know assignment, the syllabus, everything I needed was right there. I started going, why am I going to class? Why do I have to go there? If you're giving me everything I need right here and I'm able to schedule myself accordingly to get it done, unless I was going to lose points for not being there in attendance, I had absolutely no incentive to go to school anymore. And so I started managing myself. It's like, I'm not going. I can get everything I need right here. And I pass school that way. And so I think as, as the workplace starts to go there now, because we got pushed there, it really becomes about why are we going to the office? Why are we going to be love in it. person and answering that question? So I, I love it. Leave it to Seth Godin. Those of you who do not follow him, you should. And I will devote a full show to some of the things he's been writing recently. But he posted something last week, said the end of the office. And his comments were, the office is a fairly modern phenomenon because the office was simply a small room next to the factory, you know, yeah. that. That's where it was. It was a little thing, and someone would go in there and close up, and you know, it was industrial revolution. So the office kind of grew. When it grew, it grew into an office culture that became a thing unto itself. But email made it so that you didn't have to. You know, it wasn't a long time to communicate with somebody. Just the same way Zoom made it that you can communicate in person. There's a lot of collaboration that's happening through Zoom or any of the online services that you might use. So, you know, what is it really replacing, you know, drive time, less pollution, you know, time with your family? You know, do you need to be more disciplined? Yeah, but, you know, more family time, less time in the car, less pollution. You know, what what is what are people afraid of here? The last 40 years have taught us that technology disrupts industries with speed. That's yep. what it is. It's faster. You, you and I were just talking about somebody that you were hoping to get a meeting with, or uh, actually there's Sammy. Um, yeah, there's Sammy. And there's documents to go over trying to get on someone's calendar. To do it in person? For what? Right. For what? Like if, if all you have to do, and this is where, where it really boils down to as leadership. And, and I, I want to shout out to Lori because Lori's like the struggle is the jobs that are customer facing city showrooms, you know, delivering J experiences to students. There are physical locations where you need to have people I'm not saying that that's not something that you right. should do or need to do. This is where leadership needs to define what jobs need to be done in person and why. If it's an internal organizational thing, I believe that if it doesn't have something to do with creativity or collaboration, get it out of the office. Why do it in the office? For what? If it's something that can be done through by an individual on their time, why would you not allow people to have the freedom to do their work where and when they want to do it? So he closes it. He goes, we are social creatures. Many people very much need just a place to go, a community to be part of, a sense of belonging and a sense of meaning. But it's not all clear that the 1957 office building is the best way to solve that problem. So I had an interesting take from Ron Rosansky, who's the CEO of Fidelis, and they're going to use the office as a social place to gather. Yeah. Work from wherever you are and then, you know, 
let's do bingo. Let's do trivial pursuit in person on a Wednesday night. If that's <laughs> what it's there for, because work is work. It could be done. And, anyway. and this is it doesn't matter. To Lori's point, so finding the balance and the comparison between between employees, there are some people who want to come into the office. And, and let's just talk about salespeople for a, a second, because I believe that no salesperson has should be mandated to be in the office. For what? Most of the work that you do is non-collaborative and it's personally creative, which you have the ability to do anywhere, anytime. Most salespeople should be able to function on their own wherever they want. Yet, there are some salespeople who want to do some of their work in the office. So when you say, hey, we're opening up the office, that shouldn't mean we're opening the doors and forcing everybody to come in. What we're going to do is we're going to open the doors so that you have it as a place and a resource to work. But here are the activities that we are expecting to be done in that place. And that should mean that there's a reason for people to be together. So, so Lindsay brings up a good point. She enjoys being in the office. That, that's fine. You don't have to be in the office. Correct. You chose to not be. You know, does that mean you're going to stay at home and watch TV all day long? No, you got work to do. The point of all of this is that location doesn't matter anymore. 50% of my CEO base of people that I coach, I have never shook their hand. You know, wild. Why? Yep. And so, you know, what, what, what I think is happening here is that um, we need to reframe the conversation and focus on what we're trying to achieve, not where we want to achieve it. Yep. I think that's the big conversation here because where you're sitting shouldn't matter. You and I have a week, a standing weekly meeting. We do it Mondays right after this. It would be a colossal waste of time to do it physically together. Yes, thousand percent. 25 minutes where bing, 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 bing. We're sharing documents. We're talking. I feel very collaborative. So I had said this at the beginning or maybe midway through the, the pandemic. People called it, you know, um, social distancing. I say bullshit. We didn't socially distant. We physically distant. Correct. Feet. They, they measured it in feet. Socially, you could be much more social than you could ever be. Hey, you want to grab coffee? Sure. 15 minutes. Great. I don't have to drive anywhere. Neither do you. That is a social activity that is happening at scale with no geographical boundaries and no time boundaries. And in the networking game, right? I had a conversation yesterday where I told somebody no to an in-person because we've never met before. Why would I want to meet them in person if we've never met before? I don't know what we're going to do. If we have a virtual coffee and we decide that we can be friends and there's value to us and there's a reason for us to meet in person, absolutely. But I am not going to sacrifice drive time and being in a physical location outside of where I need to be if I don't have to be. So I think in your networking in today's world, if you are not pushing all of your first meetings to virtual meetings, I would like to know why. What, what's the value of being in person for the first meeting? Um, you know, all of the things that we're capable of achieving, you know, what, what do you want to achieve on a first meeting? Correct. Chemistry, man. What's, you know, do we have anything in common? Do we like each other? You know, oh, we don't. Oh, okay. That's fine. You go your way. I'll go my way. That's fine. 
you know, but I don't need to do that physically because that put a limitation on how many I could do. So there's a lot of clients where I, you know, they'll go, well, how many virtual coffees should I do a week? You know, and I go, well, first of all, I do everything daily. Yeah. Right? And could you have four, six, 10? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when I hear, oh, I did two virtual coffees this week, I'm saying, what the fuck are you doing, man? What else did you do? Right. I want to know what else you did. <laughs> like, seriously, what? What the hell's going on? You know, it's this perfect. is a game of activity. This is a game of, you know, so when you listen to, you know, A-Rod, if you're really in the game of growing your business, yep. this is personal responsibility. This is no more leaning on, you know, uh, talking at the water cooler kind of thing. Yep. I used to watch the office patterns. People waste a lot of time all day long. You don't have to do that here. Everything can have a function. And for those of you that have taken our course in time management, you see it. It's happening all the time. And as leaders, all you need is visibility to the activity. You can pay attention to the results and watch what people doing are doing in the results. But all you need is visibility to activity. So whether it's a, you know, a, a daily readout from people or it's just a quick 15 minutes. Hey, what happened today? I want to cover it with you and go over it. All you need is some kind of visibility. And there are tons of software tools. Airtable is one that is unbelievable where you're able to put problems onto a software platform. You're able to see it visibly. You're able to create ownership within the organization for it and see what people are working on and how they're doing it. It's, it's so easy, yet people are so slow to change because change is hard. And I'll own the change is hard. I was a Monday morning meeting guy. Yeah. I wanted to see everybody. I wanted to look them in the eye. I wanted to know what's on their brain, what the pulse was. You know, um, Shay used to drive from Palm Beach to Plantation every single day to be there for our meetings, meetings. So when we gave up the physical office, I was a little fish out of water. I was like, well, I'm uncomfortable here. But we've even coached some CEOs to remove their Monday morning meeting totally do it in video yep. and that way people can digest that information when they want slash need not when you want them to that's been a real revolutionary move and i know we're gonna we're, we're up on time here but is in like most people spend their one-on-one -on -one time actually coaching this shit that teaching the things that need to be done instead of problem solving the things that have already happened. So when you remove the teaching element of the time and say, hey, here's a video for you to digest and learn what I need you to understand, to come into our meeting prepared with questions and problems, that revolutionizes your schedule as a leader because you're not spending the time teaching it anymore. You're only spending the time developing it, which is the most important part of coaching. You can teach all you want. You have to develop. I think I saw Kim Swears here. She's, you know, she has a regular diet of videos that go out to people and they're in the library and, you yes. know, you can just be so efficient. So I thought it was a timely conversation for anybody who wants to continue the dialogue with me. You know, you can set up a virtual coffee with me because I'm doing eight to 10 of them a day. So. Let's go. <laughs> um, I'm fired up. I'm ready. I think it's time to get down to business. Everybody make it a great Monday. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak.
friends keep telling me to leave this So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night, one more night to get this We've had a million, million nights just like 